friends! Welcome to episode 139 of Storyteller Conclave. This is a show all about helping you run the best tabletop role-playing game that you can, whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft, or an experienced storyteller looking to take your game to the next level. I'm Sarah. I'm Rob. How we doing, Rob? Uh, okay, I think. Yeah. A uh, little, little brain-drained and, <laughs> and managing, but... <laughs> You know, this is this is supposed to be uh, a week off for both of us, and I, yeah. I don't think it's turning out that way for, uh, k- for kind of, of and kind of not. I mean, I I had some successes and some failures, you know, but uh, all learning experiences. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so. tonight is our uh, our year end wrap up. Hopefully, it's going to be a nice, relaxing show for us. Um, yeah, we don't really even have like much of an itinerary for yeah, the our, show. Our script this is, is very light. It's going to be. Uh, this isn't. This isn't really a you know teach a lesson sort of show. This is uh, just us kind of uh taking a moment to look back on the previous year yeah uh, look back on our own campaigns yeah uh, yeah yeah that's that's a thing look back on uh, uh the complications of course that the world has handed us and such like that and um then also kind of taking a look forward into to 2022 yeah hopefully the the, the better part of it <laughs> <laughs> hopefully the better part of it but uh, so yeah um yeah the year has been interesting to say the least uh on so many levels like i i will say that uh, every game every system spotlight that we've done i found something yeah that, in in a way that i didn't ever imagine i'm i'm going to ha- literally have to go back through the list a little bit to remember some of them um but definitely things that that sparked curiosity enough to say is this something that i could steal and use even in other game systems that didn't more so in a story way and less in a mechanics way. Well, not even uh, not even talking about um, you know stealing things from other game systems, but like, can you think of a system spotlight that we did in the last year that like you looked at and went, oh wow, I need to, I absolutely need to do this. Like we we should run this game sometime, you know. Cipher. Okay, yeah, so, the, the Cypher system. Uh, we did a system spotlight on Numenara that uses yeah. the Cypher system. I Cypher think inspired me as a mechanical system. I yeah. thought it was. I thought it was neat. It was different, and it was different enough that it it was like that could be something I'd be interested in running. Yeah, yeah, I could, um, I could see it even in different settings than Numenera. Sure, um, sure, because I, I felt that it it could be extracted very clean. I um, I really liked I really liked the Cypher system. I mean. Mm-hmm. I I almost felt like Numenera was a little much. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, again, it's picking the right group for that and the right story for it. But I I thought it was a neat system. But the cipher system is I, I thought was great. Yeah. Um, I think for me, Legend of the Five Rings. Yeah, you you really thought that was epic. Really glommed onto that one. Yeah, uh, and uh, really still still hoping that one of our one of our friends is able to pick that up and run it. God, I hope so. I Man, I've still got a character concept in my back pocket that I just really want to play. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of potential there, but a good again, it it it, it there has to be a story that follows it because it is such an it's so embedded in the in the uh, theme and feel mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that it's kind of hard to try. Kind of like I mean, cyberpunk as a whole has that same edge where it's it's hard to extract it, but it's a neat system. It's a really neat system that that feels that uh, that that the weight of strengths that it has for uh the genre that it's, it's worked to develop yeah um, yeah absolutely yeah uh and i i really like the th- i think that the big thing that grasped me about that was um its departure from traditional attributes yeah uh where you just have rings mm-hmm. earth air fire water yeah void yeah and these are your they're, they're they're more concepts, and mm-hmm. you discuss your approach to solving a thing, and that determines what ring you're going to use. You know, right? It's, uh, and that's a that is something I have not seen any other game system since. Maybe Fate comes close to it in rough concept, mm-hmm. but um, I mean that that was a completely new thing for me, and I I love it so much. Yeah, because it stops you from thinking about like, am I playing a brutishly strong character? Like, it doesn't matter. You know, mm-hmm. small characters with the right application of, you know, of, of focus and key or or even just leverage can can accomplish great things, you know, in, in ways that isn't so cut and dry of like you're strong, therefore you can lift the thing, you know. Yeah, I mean, and I think I had a lot of the same feeling doing, strangely enough, Call of Cthulhu and Alien back to back. 
like mm-hmm. month month after month because it for me I looked at those systems and saw that it was taking a very what you would think would be a very tactical and putting it on its head by adding adding a single stress kind of component to yeah. that and that changes the game in a way that like hit points it puts hit points on its head. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. I, I, just as something as simple as that, because it, it adds a weight to the system and it's an important weight to the system that's always there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it, it, it's odd. And, and there's it, there's there's a couple analogies that I could think of for it. But it's that whole concept that when you have an anchor and it's deployed, that's changing the entire mechanic of whatever you're doing yeah it it puts a spin on it in a way that you won't expect but you cannot deny that it's there and i think those kinds of things in some of the systems that we found those anchor points make a huge difference and and that that's really i mean going through all the systems in my head that we that we went through seeing those anchors that that thing that changes the dynamic of of power in just a single maneuver, a, sing, a single point change or, or 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 adjustment where your stress goes up. Yeah, it it affects everything. And I I think the reason I liked it was because it uh, so many of these role playing games like you you take a long rest or something or or the the equivalent thereof, mm-hmm. and it erases any lasting damage. It erases you know? the anchor. You can be you can be damn near dead, mm-hmm. and then the moment the moment you you stop and be like, oh, I drink a health potion or something, like that, yeah. wham. You're you're good to go again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the sanity mechanic in Call of Cthulhu um, represented to me a slow deterioration. Mm-hmm. But even even in that deterioration, it's more more of a transformation because like having low sanity can do good things for you. Mm-hmm. You know, there are mechanical benefits you give you get by being jaded to the horrors out there or having so much insight into these things that lie beyond the veil of mm-hmm. what human you know, human nature knows that you can then manipulate the world in, in strange and interesting ways with like magic and such. Yeah. I mean, we, we looked at, uh, I mean, we, we didn't get into like world of darkness, but we talked, touched upon humanity yeah. as being something like that in the, um, that's another power, good slow deterioration. Mechanic. Yeah, uh, yeah. Powered by the apocalypse actually does that with your own progression, mm-hmm. um, in, uh, city of mist or not city of mist. Um, uh, urban shadows. Urban shadows. Mm-hmm. Is that something? I, I flip my brain back and forth. Um, your character's progression eventually pushes them in a direction. In one case, you, you become closer to either your your given power set, if you will, your godlikeness or your your, your fableness. Oh no, that's that city of myth. that city of myth. Yeah, sorry. your uh, your yeah. mythos or, or your, your uh, avatar. No, no, not avatar. Uh, um. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, though. yeah. But it's you slide one way or the other. Are you other more way human or are you more mythos? Right, and I I think that's a beautiful mechanic that again is an anchor point. Yeah, that shifts you one way or the other. Uh, City of Mist has a, a scale where you basically become effectively more of the monster mm-hmm. that you are, whether you're becoming more of a poltergeist or you're becoming more of a mage or whatever, and eventually lose control. Yeah, like you're progressing along. But it's like the humanity scale, mm-hmm. and I think those again those anchor points that are are that are a progression are are unique those are the to things, change things yeah i think those are the things that have made these system spotlights really interesting for us because i mean there's only so many ways you can do like okay here's your attributes here's your skills you roll these dice to rep you know uh attribute plus skill plus some you know some dice to hit right. a target number right okay i mean like every every game system does that but right. how does how does the game system introduce that one unique thing that 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 anchor point that that says okay, but this is what we do. This is this is the cost. This is the cost for it, or this is this is the thing that makes our system unique and feel different from all the others. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see D and D add like an injury mechanic. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, so you've taken, you know, you've gone down to zero hit points. You automatically get an injury. That represents a a negative on your constitution, or a negative on your strength, or a negative on your dex. I feel like the DM's guide has rules for that. Sure, um, I'm pretty sure there are some like gritty realism rules and stuff like that. In but there. it's not an anchor of the system. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hit points is the anchor of the system, but they've already negated it. 
I almost feel like it wouldn't be D and D if you, if you did that though. Because uh, because I think like the as much as I complain about it because it's not the type of story I want to play mm-hmm. is is a story without consequences, right? But I think to me though that kind of is the heart and soul of D and D. Mm-hmm. Is just we're gonna go throw caution to the wind, kick down some doors, and fight that red dragon over there for glory and honor and treasure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're gonna live to tell about it at the end of the day because there's no consequences in this game. You know, we can have danger. Yeah, certainly. You know, someone can be perma killed, but like, I don't. I don't know that. Right. Uh, I I think if you did start levying some hard consequences, it would change the gameplay mechanic, and it wouldn't feel like D&D anymore. 100% it wouldn't. I mean, that's the whole thing. But uh, I was just reading in the chat because somebody was talking about uh, um, mental health potions. Oh, yeah. Health potions (laughs) that can somehow cure depression. I would love that. But that that goes – Matt was talking – in our – Matt Elf was talking that he – it's too close to reality for him. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. that, that sits, sits a little too farther into reality. But I think that's a whole thing is that we, when we have anchors like this, we are attaching it to very realistic things. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're like, I mean, Vampire the Masquerade uses humanity, mm-hmm. right? Um, or uh, what's the Mage the Ascension part? Uh, san- it's not sanity, but it's... Uh, there, there isn't. There isn't. When a, you break reality, when basically. you break reality, it's uh, quiet, uh, quietus. Yes, quietus. That's it. Um, um, but again, that's it's it's a very ethereal kind of concept. Yeah, right. Yeah, where where you lose grips because because you can change reality, you lose grips on what reality right. actually should be. Yeah. D, uh, um, Seven C used uh, reputation mm-hmm. as a way of you like you're you're losing reputation. You're you're becoming negative and 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 people are seeing you more villainous than heroic. Yeah. And I think that's a great mechanical edge that uh, probably when I move things to uh, Savage Seas, I'm going to carry that that mechanic of of reputation going up and going down god every time you say savage seas i get i get just just a thrill <laughs> just a thrill runs down my I, spine i'm I, like I, oh, i'm so looking forward to that yeah i think it's i think it's definitely going to have a weight when i get around to it and I th- hopefully i can i can uh do a little more than the, it, outside of the podcast with it and we can talk a bit more about it i want i want to change things up a little because i do want i do want to talk about the impact that savage worlds has had on our on our on our relative gaming oh, group for but huge but real quick though we, we brought up the live chat a couple times um so tonight uh we uh uh, we pulled the Patreon-only restriction off the live chat. Yep. I'll open it up to uh, anybody who wants to join in. So we do actually have a bunch of people in our live chat right now. just want to give a quick shout-out to um, Knox in the Box here, as always, uh, Overwatch. Uh, joining us uh, as non-Patreons, we've got the Mad Elf and Avendasora. Yep. Uh, good to see both of you as well. I'm pretty sure if I prod him a little bit, Heatsink, uh, that's Sean, yep. is also out there. Um, yeah in the live chat so thank you all for yeah, joining us please. and uh, we, we appreciate having you all with us and yeah. shooting us some questions uh, i did see that knox was asking if uh, we have uh, uh reached any of our storytelling goals uh for for this year and i think we're going to table that one for a little bit later i think it's a very great question oh no, claus, a... claus is also with us hey claus um yeah I, I i i think storytelling as a whole this year has changed because of your larger discovery of um of Savage Worlds like at the end of last year. Yeah. Uh and your your deeper exploration of this year and just some of the stuff that came along with that with the group. Um but uh I, I think one of the biggest things is we've watched our players change as well. Yeah. And had to adapt to some of those changes. Not not negative, just different growth points and changes in their lives and what covid has done mm-hmm. you know just i, I use that as a, a general term of like where it's put us in energy levels and communication and even uh, even trying to negotiate being around people and things like that yeah this year has been different than last year i think there was a, there was a point there was a tipping point like kind of right after the pandemic started and we all started gaming online that we kind of realized that we were overextending ourselves from like a physical gaming standpoint like eight hour sessions with a dinner break in the middle of them were just too long. Like people were getting burnt out by the end of that. And I think we, we both realized we needed to trim like an hour or two. We weren't, I, I almost feel obligated to say your mom's too long, but at the same point, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I can't, I can't. Um, but, uh, um, no, you're right. You're, it would be too long for your mother as well. Um, but, uh, no, like it's, it's funny. It's like the whole land party thing. 
Like, yeah. it's great for your 20s, but once you get over a certain age, you want to kind of nap. Yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. bit much. Like, I I can sit down and play games, but, like, at a certain point, even my butt hurts. Oh, And, yeah. like, yeah, Swamp Ass is a thing. But, like, <laughs> like, but we've learned more about, like, the conditions of our players that they are not even aware of in oh, some yeah. cases. Yeah. Um, and, and I say conditions, I, I, I mean in a very general term. Mm-hmm. Like, players who have a hard time sitting around who have challenges with um uh, with their daily life that then pushed in uh physical ailments we're getting older let's just be honest um and all of those things come into our group and weigh a certain level uh uh, with our storytelling um and things have changed because of that i don't think for the worse at all i think the adaptation was necessary and and helped um but uh at certain points it was uh, inspiring at certain points it was straight up depressing yeah um yeah. i'll flat out say that but uh i will also say that having a weekly wednesday therapy session that talks about D does help especially <laughs> in the long run between september and now yeah yeah exactly because <laughs> exactly. like i could have felt at any time that if we didn't have this you would have possibly stopped storytelling uh i i have to admit it's hey agami joined us by the way hey agami um Thank you, uh, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Uh, I, I got to admit, like there, there, it was touch and go for a minute there in the middle of like November, where I was just like, I swear to God, like when when my game in the first week of December got got canceled again, mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is nobody's fault, but like, come on, you know, and and even like earlier this week, I was saying to Sean, I was like. All right, so what are your predictions on how my game is going to get canceled this time? I think I know what my um, my prediction is. We're going to get a foot of snow on Saturday. Yeah, but we live in Michigan, so that's not a big thing. It's going to have to be closer to two. Right, but that's <laughs> going. But that's going to preclude. Uh, that's going to preclude uh, Steve from being here. Yeah. Um. Uh. It, it may preclude one or one or two of our other players from being like, I I can't get out of my driveway. Yeah. Um. Matt Elf has a uh, a bit of a drive. Ahead true, of him, true. almost as far as Steve does. So, arguably, you could you could yeah. put it in there. So, I mean, I, I, again, I, I couldn't blame anybody if they said I'm not going to navigate a, a foot of snow to come out there for a couple hours from you know an hour away. I can't argue with that. That's true, but <laughs> it's the, the pessimistic part of my mind is already going. It's been three months. Of course, it's going to get canceled a fourth month in a row. So, yeah. I mean, my game's tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Your game's on Saturday. At least we give them a break in between. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping, cause mine's the end of my, uh, this is the end of this major chapter, major, well, yeah, major chapter, not in continuation of the act. Um, and, uh, I came into it a little troubled, like I didn't know. And we had a quick discussion at the end of yeah. last show and it just went literally light bulb instantaneously. I, I really appreciate that we have that with each other where it's like, I know you play in my game and I don't want to tip my hand story wise, but I also know that you won't meta it in a way that if I do tip the story a little bit to you, that you're not going to, you're there for the experience of the ride rather than the yep. twists and turns of it. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And it's, I, I always love that about your stories. Also, um, kind of when it comes to certain things, I have the mind of a goldfish. Like it, I have so much going on that like, I'll have a discussion with you and then I will kind of forget about it. Yeah. And then when we sit down and we start playing, we'll be like, this is what she was talking about. Oh, okay. Okay. I got or, or even, or even sometimes I'll come up to you after the game. Like, is that, so that was the, the thing, thing that I was talking about. You were like, we talked about this. <laughs> like, Hey, all right. But, like, but, but that's the thing is, is that I try to let go of it very uh-huh. quickly because yeah. I, again, I'm, I sit down with a different hat on yeah, uh, yeah, and I'm able to have those discussions with you. And I think that's really cool. I think it's really, it is really cool that we have that dynamic and that's, that's a cool thing. I've, I mean, one of the things I even brought up was I think we should, we should dual piano a, a, a game, you know, yeah, of some yeah. system. And that's, um, that's kind of, that's kind of part of our going into 2022 uh, discussion of yeah. like what, what we've got planned for the future. But I think, I think something that that could be really cool. Yeah, I mean, all right, because we've got a, I, I'm going to say we have a decent pe- array of individuals in our live chat. I'm going to throw out a question. Yeah, absolutely. Would you, uh, would would our listeners like us, uh, maybe, maybe in the main podcast, maybe as a side thing, uh, to go through and go from some b- base concept all the way through to maybe even first or second adventure of a game? Where Sarah and I literally co-DM a story, and we we bring you through with us uh, through 
figuring out what we're going to do, you know, getting the inspiration, coming up with a concept, developing that into a campaign, selling that campaign to players, maybe even doing a session zero in character creation, mm -hmm. as well as discussing what happens in that first uh, first session, that first actual adventure. Yeah. Um, and going through that with you guys and breaking it down in maybe, you know, uh, little hour chunks and going through it. And uh, for those of you who are not in the live chat and are listening to this uh, uh, as a as a recorded podcast later on, um, by all means, hit us up. Like, uh, tweet us, on, hit on, us on the Discord. Hit us on the Discord. Uh, tweet at us at, at, at st underscore conclave. Um, uh, can we even give them the 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 the, uh, the email address uh, if they've got opinions they want to send in, or is yeah. that something we want to keep? Um. I mean, I would say if uh, they could hit us up, however, I mean, they could DM us directly if they have things that they want to uh, yeah, personally, I, but I would say definitely hit our Discord up. Yeah, by, by, by one, one way or another, though, uh, you've got a couple of different avenues. Uh, we would love to hear from you on um, as far as suggestions you want for next year. And like if you're interested in hearing, uh, it would be obviously a big sh shift in format for us. Uh, yeah, to... I mean, I don't think it would be I don't think it would change our main podcast, but I think we might put it out as extra episodes or or like a breakdown where we're actually like, OK, so today we're going to go over, our con you know, where our inspiration and what kind of development and we'll it'll just be kind of a general discussion between Sarah and I and then going through our our concept and and how we're putting it together and things like that. Yeah. Um. So I, I don't think it would be um, and we definitely I don't think we would ever do the show uh i mean unless this becomes interesting people get interested and they want to actually hear the game and do it as a podcast i don't think we'd get into that but i think we take it from a development aspect yeah and talk yeah. through how we're developing it mm -hmm. and how things are going forward um so yeah i mean we can definitely do that uh so if you guys i mean i'm seeing some interest here in that so oh, definitely a lot of interest yeah okay yeah okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. I, all right all right maybe we'll put that down on the uh the definite maybe list because clearly there's interest in it um and we we, we always want to know what you guys want to see more of uh, or listen to more of. there we go um we've got a couple other ideas in the can that we're kind of kicking around uh one of which is uh trying to get some of the podcast up on youtube mm -hmm. uh so we can get audience there as well um although neither of us really want to do cameras um <laughs> we're, we're both really camera shy but yeah and i don't want to get dressed <laughs> there's uh there's like uh, almost like face recognition apps that will like put an animated avatar out there for yeah, you yeah and we can come up too. with something and yeah I, i've got some of that we may we may do a test bed and throw it at the uh at the discord and see what's going what what, what sticks uh if it's something you guys if, even if it looks decent to us before it even gets there um but uh, yeah, so we're we were looking up. We, tonight was a, another brainstorming show for the new year. Yeah, and we've been coming up with show ideas. We would love to hear some general show ideas that uh, that you guys might be interested in, even if you guys can spitball some stuff at us. That things that you might want to hear about. Yeah, if, or, uh, or us to revisit even. Especially uh, if if there's a system out there that's, that's kind of caught your eye, you want us to system spotlight it. Yeah. Um, by all means, you know, suggest those. Uh, the second Wednesday of every month is always our, our system yeah. spotlight. We've got a couple coming up where we're, we are going to try and do um, some more co-hosted shows or or have uh, have guests on. We're going to try and dig some more of those up. We're a little more comfortable with the virtualization and getting that set up. And, yeah. and Seth was yeah. great. We're going to try and get Seth back. So he was wonderful. Um, but yeah, we definitely want to try and get some more uh, some more ideas in. Um, so we're going to. We're gonna peg up our, our marketing department and see if they can help us with that a little bit, um, but uh, yeah. Um, Knox is asking live chat, "Have you done an episode on building arcs? Um, oh, like and story arcs? That is one hundred percent. So next year, one of the things we we're discussing uh, over dinner is uh, in our plans for next year is." Um, so second Wednesday of the month is always our system spotlight. I think we're going to keep that. I think we're going to keep that. And yeah. so I was talking maybe first Wednesday of the month is going to be our 101 series. Where we just... We're going to get back to um, talking a lot less about high concept stuff and more talking about like, okay, this is your first time storytelling. How do you do the basic stuff? And building arcs is definitely on that list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how to how to string plots together from ideas of things you think should happen and make them happen in real life without railroading, but without also allowing them to be completely missed by your players. Yep. Yep. Like all of those pieces. Um, so, yeah, I, th I think we will be doing an episode on on building arcs and, and stepping from one to the next. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it's a, it's a challenging topic. It's something we've had to learn. 
Definitely. Oh, it is. It like, is. It is. There's a lot of a lot of trial and error in there. Oh God, that? yeah. And there's, there, I mean, none of us, even the master's degree people who write stories all the time, have to go back to the basics and look at like what did I miss? Yeah. Um, there are where, professionals who get paid a lot of money who still mess this stuff up. So. Yeah, and and so coming back to those and like, okay, what can I do with this section to get it back to feel like a story is a huge part of that. Just you, you, you get an idea for an adventure. But an adventure is not a story, mm-hmm. and and that's the the difference. There is like yeah. you sometimes you look at stories out of a box, like a, an adventure a pregen, and you mm-hmm. look at it and you're like, okay, this is great on paper, but like my players are not going to be interested in this in any way. Like they're just there's no hook for their characters to fit into this, and if they give you a hook, sometimes that hook feels forced, mm-hmm. and then. There's no encouragement to continue. So sometimes that linchpinning can be very hard. Other times you look at a story and its hooks are very good. They're very open and broad and give you better ideas to engage your players with it. And I think that's going to be a huge part of of trying to figure out how to make story, make adventures story and make stories more adventurous. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly, yeah. There's a lot of times where, like, I've I've looked at my character and gone, like, why is my character even here? Like... Is there literally anything keeping me here other than I'm polite to the DM and don't want to, you know, yeah. walk away from their table? Yeah. Evans Dora, I, I, I will have to ask, uh, are, are you saying we're not animate? <laughs> like, we're oh. not animated enough? Is, <laughs> is that the problem? We need a filter to animate us? Yes. <laughs> I can see where she's going with it, but at the same time, I'm like, should I be offended? <laughs> like, no, that no, because that was me all afternoon. Like, <laughs> Tis true. Tis true. Um... But yeah, one one thing I, I wanted to um, uh, an idea. I, 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 you and I have talked about it a lot. Hmm. Um, we've talked about it with our uh, with with Samantha as well. Um, okay. uh, about doing um, campaign diaries. Yes, and that idea has constantly come up, and neither of us has pulled the trigger and just executed it. Every time I come to it, it it feels like a daunting thing to try and go back. Well, see, and I'm having that same problem too. So, and that's one of the reasons why I kind of wanted to throw it out there. Um, I've, I've kind of avoided talking about them because I don't want to commit to anything, mm-hmm. but I think I'm at the point where like, even if it's just me, like I'm not going to speak for you, mm-hmm. but I think I want to throw it out there and say like, do you guys want to hear about my thought process on my own campaign, how that's going, what curveballs I've had, what, uh, you know, what, what my inspirations for building it are, how things have gone, how, what, the reasons I've put certain things together. I know you're not sitting at my table, so a lot of this is out of context, but at least kind of seeing behind my screen and how I'm putting things into practice in my own game, is that something that you think would be helpful to you? Because um, it was something we were, I, we, we, we had an idea as far as like being Patreon content. Not a mainstream podcast, but going out to our Patreons at maybe like the $5 and above level. Um, and if so, uh, especially since we do have a couple non-Patreons in the, uh, 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 in the, in the live chat, chat right yeah. now, is that something that you think you would find value in? Would that entice you to join our Patreon if you were getting that extra content? Yeah, because we, we've always tried to figure that out and see where... The investment versus, you know, the the return on it. And I'm not even saying financially. I'm saying, like, would people even listen to it? I mean, we're already amazed enough that we get people listening to this. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, it surprises us that there are people around the world who listen to us. <laughs> we were like, we hey, guys, show it. up, and you don't, did? Don't, don't get me wrong. Like, I would love to have more international people in our channels and hear what you know in our discord or tweeting us or or sending us you know emails to let us know you're out there and that you like our content but to just give us like what what you want to hear more of is a huge piece for us because we will produce content if there's somebody out there that that really is interested in it. I yeah, mean, absolutely. We would we would love to do that. It's not that we're running out of ideas, believe me. We we sat down and we can still spitball, you know, another 15 to 20 shows. We did it. Yeah. Uh in a few minutes or I would say a better part of an hour, but like at the same time, we really don't know where the interest is. We think we have an a, a, a pulse level at a certain point, but there's a lot of people we're just not hearing from. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a combination of we, there, there's very limited feedback from our from our listeners, um, and and maybe maybe that's a good thing. Maybe what we're doing is just nice, and you guys are content, 
and you don't feel the need to pipe up because silent customers are are, are happy customers, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the squeaky wheel gets the oil, as they say. That's usually how it goes. Um, the, the, the less than 10% of your listeners who bitch at you get the most noise. Yeah, exactly. You know? Um and, and, you know, not not all of you are, are people who want to necessarily hop in and engage in discussions. You just want to listen to your podcast, and, and, and that's fine. No, that's the level of – that's absolutely a, a valid level of engagement. That's the mm-hmm. level of engagement I have with all the, all the podcasts I listen to. Yeah. I don't think I'm on anybody else's Discord as much as I encourage people getting on mine. I'm on a few of them, but, like – and I've I, – I, like, a few of them have sent out surveys, which I'm thinking we might do, especially with our Patreon – uh, levels. I saw some of the stuff that was working out for them on mm. that. Like, and so I, we may end up doing that for our Patreon members uh, to get a little bit more of a shift uh, there. Um, but yeah, we we are always interested. Like, we we would like to produce more content. But I think the other the other part of it, and this is a little peek behind the curtain here, is I think we're, we we both suck at marketing ourselves. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. We. We we hired an external marketing person because we were both uh, like the idea of like how do we get ourselves out there? How do we tell people that we're awesome and they should listen to us? Yeah, because I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I, I barely tell my friends and family about this. Yeah. They have to ask me. Sarah can't take a compliment. You know, <laughs> over here is yeah. is going to really do a big marketing push to try to get a bunch of people to listen to her. That's not going to happen. So, uh, it, it's. It's valuable for us to hear back from our listeners, whether you're a Patreon or not, to let us know what you'd like to see out of the show. Yeah. Um, what you would like to see out of your Patreon subscription. Yeah. Um, and what we can do that would help enrich your experience as a storyteller, what you would find valuable, what you think would improve your storytelling, mm-hmm. and how we can share that with you. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Just to kind of go back because it hit my brain in a weird way is that I sometimes fear that if I did campaign diaries, I'd end up doing a Bo Burham kind of, this isn't what I, you know, people listening like, this isn't what I expected. This is a little bit too introspective on Rob. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? Okay, maybe that's okay. If you don't mind getting a little parasocial, I I guess I don't, but um I'm, but I'm, I'm also that no filter person who will just like tell you all about my trauma, you know, after the second time I've, I've met you, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that's where, where my trouble would come into it. But at the same time, like if someone's interested in listening about it, I can tell you about my campaign and like the struggles that I hit. Cause I do hit quite a few, but I can also tell you about the most inspiring moments that I've had in the past few months that have been pretty amazing, uh, for where my campaign in my own mind has gone to and what I've had to relearn, learn and relearn again and again. And habits are hard to break. I will flat out say that one of the hardest things as a storyteller is, is breaking bad habits. Yeah. Um, because they will haunt you in ways that, that you don't notice until it happens. Mm -hmm. Um, over planning is a huge problem that I have. I will over plan a scenario and I've always had to scale that back. And every time I've scaled it back, I I get to a successful point and then I go too far back. Mm-hmm. And suddenly it doesn't feel like it was thought out enough. And I don't know if it's good or bad. And sometimes I get a little bit of feedback and I'm like, ooh, that went, that went too far back. Like I, I it didn't feel complete. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, I, I think that's, that's it, a whole thing that, that like if I could impress upon new storytellers of what I've learned in the last year is don't get bad habits, but I can't because you're going to get them. Yeah. It's just going to happen. Yeah. You're going to learn a bad habit because you think it's successful and no one's going to tell you it's a bad habit until you recognize it yourself. Or you'll, you're very rarely get somebody as candid as you as another a fellow serious story. It's like, you've gone way too far. Mm-hmm. Like scale that crap back, Rob. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We we don't you, you don't need to write about something that we've never seen or are going to see anything about. You've gone way too far in this world building and attached it to the story. You can do world building, just don't attach it to the story. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. not that important. Like you know more about uh, Wheel of Time's universe than mm-hmm. I do, and so when I'm watching Wheel of Time. There's part of it that I'm hearing in my head is you, and I'm looking for these things that have nothing to do with the story right? that's in my face. Yeah, yeah. Because they're not important. I feel sometimes the same way about the whole Tamriel campaign is that there's so much of what's going on in just the Elder Scrolls universe that has 
nothing to do with this game and the story. And my brain goes, I has to forget it. Mm-hmm. You know, and luckily I've I enjoyed Skyrim and I know quite a bit about it and I've played Elder Scrolls Online, so I understand these worlds pretty well. Mm-hmm. But like I can let those things slip out of my brain to just enjoy your story. Yeah, yeah. So. And I've I've tried my best not to mire everything in, you know, four hours worth of lore dumps. Right. Where it's just like, yeah, there's this thing here. Well, what importance does it have? I don't know. It's because it's always been here because Cyrodiil was built on top of an old uh, uh, ancient elven empire. Mm-hmm. Well, but what's the significance? It's an ancient elven ruin. That's it. That's the significance. Nobody even knows anymore. Like, put it out of your mind. <laughs> it's, it's. If you really want to dig and you really want to like try to come up with, okay, well, what, what is, what does all of this mean? That's, that's cool, and mm-hmm. I, I will admire your efforts and I will reward them because I know. Right. But yeah, for for me, it's not as it's not that deep of just. I, I, I my goal is to put something in front of you guys that you can all digest. And at the end of the day. If you can look at me and go, oh, yeah, uh, I, I, I saw where your plot was going. Right. I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Because that means you understand it. Right. You know, um, I've I've talked a lot about uh, spoiler culture. Yeah. And and how, you know, the, the, the gotcha, the twist has become the en vogue thing to do in storytelling. Oh, what the know? twist? Well, because, well, because largely because of, like, Marvel and stuff like that, you know. Like yeah. the popularity of them. Like, have you heard some of the crap that Marvel pulls to like, like they will give main actors this, like the scripts, like three pages at a time with mm-hmm. like half of it redacted. Mm-hmm. But well, I mean, the only person who knew in Harry Potter, what was going on with Snape was him as an actor because he needed to know his motivations. Everyone else had no clue. Yeah. Cause they just didn't get the rest of the stories. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, it, and it's it's that it's that sort of need for secrecy that I think that I think I'm not even going to say has bled into into uh, into tabletop role playing game because because it's always been there. Mm-hmm. The, no, it's the whole the whole there. concept of being behind the DM screen and hiding back hiding there. everything from you know from players hiding your roles fudging your roles so that you know you can get the outcome that you want. Why are you even rolling the dice? You know. Yeah. yeah. And for me, it's never been about the gotcha. I I think. I, I have a tough time following complex plots. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Some of my plots. <laughs> you can flat out say it. Well, I mean, look, I, okay, I'll, I'll be straight up with you. I was watching the season two of The Witcher mm-hmm. uh, that just recently came out, and I cannot tell you half of what's going on. It's just too too intense? Look, I can tell you what's going on with with the, the, the whole plot with Ciri. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. I can tell you most of what Yennefer's plot is all about. Sure. Um... I cannot tell you what the hell is going on between Nilfgaard and the Northern Kingdoms and stuff like that. Right. And the elves are now involved. And it's like, I, I don't like that. That Game of Thrones level of politics is just something for some stupid reason. My brain does not process. And so what that's why I keep trying to impress upon you. I'm like, it's not personal. It's not your story. It's not you. Right. It's you tell a particular t- st- style of story mm-hmm. with a lot of complex twists and turns and, and high level uh, movement to it, mm-hmm. and my brain doesn't grasp that. Mm-hmm. Whether it's you or whether it's something you know wonderful like The Witcher, mm-hmm. it's like I just I can't hang on to that in my brain. Mm-hmm. And so when I sit down at the table, I love presenting a plot that can be followed. Mm-hmm. That when my players go, oh yeah, I saw that coming a mile away. But that was one of the greatest game sessions I've ever sat at. Like, to me, that's that's a win-win right there, you know? True, true. That that, that you were following enough that you saw it coming. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Overwatch paints it pretty clearly what the Witcher story is. <laughs> Everyone is arseholes. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes it's true. That, that's usually the case when it goes to that far uh, into it. But, yeah, I mean, at the same time... I. From a storyteller's perspective and listening to you as a player, mm-hmm. I listen to how deeply you get into the lore of things. Mm-hmm. And it makes me go, you want that. Like, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you wanted it for Elder Scrolls Online, and you wanted it for for uh, Wheel of Time, and you wanted it for these other things. 
but when it gets handed to you in role playing you don't it's it's not as you take you can't ingest it at the same level i think i think the problem is is that i i have trouble ingesting it as a um in the way it's being related to me Okay. And, okay. I, and I think it's probably the same the same problem at the table, at your table, that uh, is the same problem I have with The Witcher, mm-hmm. is that I can't see that level of stuff happening. I can hear about right. Nilfgaard doing stuff and the Northern Kingdoms doing stuff. I can hear from you telling me verbally mm-hmm. that the Orc Kingdoms did this and the Gnome Kingdoms did this and then the Human Kingdoms did this because the Gnome Kingdoms did this and then the Orc Kingdoms – and I'm like – I can't process that. Right. The way that it's being related to me. Yeah. I just, I, I have trouble. Like, but if you showed me a map, mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I got all this. Mm-hmm. Cool. Show me a map with arrows and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll relay the entire battle back to you okay. over again. But if you describe it to me, I'm not going to absorb any of it. Right. You know? Right. Right. And that's so. why I can tell you all the series stuff in, in The Witcher because I watched it happen. Right. It yeah. happens on screen, but all the high-level political maneuvers are happening because people are – one character is like, oh, yeah, Nilfgaard is doing this. Well, whoop-de-doo for them. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's all about presentation. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's it's, it's all about show me, don't tell me. Yep. Um, no, no, that's that's it. But I And I think that's something that we're still learning after all of these years and yeah. all of these people we've played with, we are still learning – how to present mm-hmm. and we're forgetting at times how to present that and how to remind ourselves how to present that and who's at our table. Um, <laughs> and that's part of preparation. Yeah. Yeah. Is making sure that, okay, you've got everything ready to go, but do you, do you have it in the presentational format? That's actually going to apply to your players. That's not just for you. Like, Okay, you're dealing with a tactical scene. Do you have all the components to make the tactical scene work visually? Mm-hmm. Great. Are they actually going to understand what's going on in the scene? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, for 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 me, it's been about making things bite sized and personal, mm-hmm. uh, and and bringing it back down to the individual levels of of of, of the, the the player. You know, get out of the meta, get back down to. Yeah. So, like for my next for tomorrow's game, mm-hmm. I I grabbed that art piece what it's uh art dot i was it art studio was it oh we, we yeah, it I, I gotta find it because uh yeah. draven draven posted it in the yeah Discord. i highly uh, recommend it if you guys need art just try it it's easier than you think Artflow. 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 Dot Artflow. AI. ai so i jumped on that last night and played around with it for the better part of about 45 minutes real quick yeah. for people who are not on our Discord. yes Artflow.ai, you put in you type in a sentence a textual description the character you're looking for and an ai creates an image that looks like that that's unique that's um, unique yeah. now i was going initially i started with like you know uh, swarthy or or or, or, or uh, um charming dark elf with with devious intention mm-hmm. and it did actually a pretty amazing job on that yeah when i started telling it specific descriptions like white hair you know uh golden eyes sometimes it wasn't handling that really well Mm-hmm. On the other hand, when I said like Sean Connery as an orc, it did a pretty amazing <laughs> pretty job. Good, actually, I like I like your uh, uh, Dave Gahn, the lead Dave singer Gahan, of, yeah. of, uh, of uh, Depeche Mode, yeah. as an elf, as a dark elf, as, yeah. or uh, Steven Tyler as a dark elf was amazing. Steven Tyler as a dark elf was, was a, so great, <laughs> absolutely amazing. I highly recommend you try it. Um, but it does it differently every time you hit generate because again, it's randomly looking at the words and contextualizing them. Every time, just like each person would do that, and it's grabbing different images when it when it pulls those. So if you don't get what you're looking for in your first try, hit generate a few times. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. gonna get something different. Knox in the box um, is saying uh, he tried to make it to make Knox, and it has no idea what to do with the word orc or half orc. Yeah, uh, you had a couple that looked really no, I, good. I had orcs that definitely worked out. Yeah, I definitely. That... I had dark elves that pretty much worked out. They really didn't have enough dark enough skin. Um, but I bet if I would have played with other terms that it could work with, mm-hmm. like maybe if, I'm going to say maybe if I would have said black elf, mm-hmm. it might have come up with something different. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, it's it, it's not a fully developed uh, um, heuristic wordplay. It's mm-hmm. doing the best it can right now, and they're 
they're continuing to develop it and they're going to be expanding upon it. Um, that's clear that there's yeah. going to, as there's interest, they're going to keep going with this and it's eventually going to develop some, some product will come out of this without a doubt. Yeah, Someone's yeah. going to run with this. Honestly, in my personal opinion, I hope to God they run this into some RPG game because this could just be an add on, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, where after your character stats get built, it creates a word play and then kicks it to this AI out on the web. And then it comes back with an image and like, boom, there you go. Now, mm-hmm. now you have a character portrait. That's 100% random. I I think it's great, and th- um, and that's that's something like I'm I'm trying to incorporate uh, a lot more into my game now. Um, mm-hmm. Is giving you guys. Uh, so I went on and bought little cardstock uh, bookmarks, mm-hmm. and I yeah. had written like the names and some brief descriptors, and putting a picture of each yep. of my each of my major characters on there. Uh, so when someone's in the scene, you can be like, "Who's this guy again?" I can just hand that to you, mm-hmm. and you have a visual. Yes. That you can that you can associate with these things and things like this, uh, like this, you know, uh, artbot.ai or whatever it is, artflow.ai, uh, artflow.ai, um, and there's just a couple more too. Uh, if uh, uh, if Heatsink is is still listening, if, if Sean's still listening, there's there's a handful that uh, you have on hand that uh, you were giving to me the other day um, that are very much like this. They're they're not necessarily AI created. Or maybe they are. Some of I think most of them are AI created. But a lot of them like will 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 just make up like random things depending on uh, who you've got up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, kind of like character creators in in video games. No, one hundred percent, and I think that's great. Um, but so uh, having those handy, just to... yeah. But I think I think that's what we were kind of you were saying was is that for you, uh, it's the format that you're getting handed. So sometimes handing you a sheet. With an image and text on it, contextually helps you develop, remember. Oh, one hundred percent, and attaches it. So that's 100%. again, it's you know, we all talk about the the learning styles of people, whether or not it's you know, auditory, visual, or tactile. Yes, those are original core ones, but they are not one hundred percent accurate um, with how someone's going to accept the data. But knowing that you should have a play of the three of those is good. Mm-hmm to be able to present it mm-hmm. what's important to your players and then just not overloading them with information that isn't important. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah. So I, I think that's my biggest takeaway is, is that I don't, I I'm going to try and incorporate it more in my game. Um, my biggest, the other biggest problem is, is that I'm going to have to send you some prints to, for tomorrow at some point. So I, that's where I'm going to have to work a little bit. Like, can you print these off before game for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just so okay. that you have stuff. Thanks, thanks, thanks for the, thanks for the heads yeah. up. So I'm, I'm ready, just, ready for that. Well, and I'm not like, gonna... why is he sending this to me? Yeah, I may send it to you, or I may send it to uh, uh, one of the other players who's closer, so I can get the prints, like, because they're right down the street. Oh, okay. Um, so we'll see where things come from because I, I don't have a printer right now, which is kind of weird. Um, this is not an open saying that I need a printer. Believe me, I don't need more hardware in my house at this point in time so um but uh yeah i i think that there was a lot learned both for storyteller and for our games over the last year that really felt good like i feel better Mm -hmm. going into 2022 i feel better about my next campaign and and kind of starting fresh with that i feel like I need to finish my D&D game as D&D versus changing up. Because like, part of me at one point was like, maybe I should just move this over to Savage Seas or uh, Savage World. And I was like, no, I'm staying with D&D because mm-hmm. my players have reached a point and they're looking for that next step, that next lift. We've actually already moved game systems once, too. You started this game in 3.5. I did. And we've moved to 5th edition. So yeah. we've already migrated once. once. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't want to try and migrate again uh, without a major movement shift. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, if the end of this campaign ends and you guys want to continue as these characters, I would 100% shift it to another system. Yeah. That, yeah. that fits that, that fits the change in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it, it'll probably go to more narrative. I'll probably move away from tactical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and lighten the load on myself basically, mm-hmm. uh, by doing so. Um, or I'll just immediately move into Savage Seas, which is definitely something I'm super interested in doing. Oh yeah. 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 So. Absolutely. And, uh, Sean's been looking, uh, into possibly <laughs> doing Savage Wheel of Time. Mad Elf, Savage C&D. Savage C&D, yes. <laughs> that doesn't sound like what I think it sounds like, but... <laughs> We're trying to keep this, you know, child, it's, it's, children it's friendly. PG thirteen. Let's yeah, try not to go that far. We understand that the letter D is just a letter of the alphabet, so with no with no other deeper context. Correct, correct. But uh, uh, but yeah, I think like it's 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 interesting to me to see to see the waves that Savage Worlds has made in our in our gaming group. Um, like the the introduction of that uh, and me changing over to uh, 
uh, from D&D to Savage Worlds and the success. And even just literally, we've only had one game session. We had our session zero and we had one Savage Worlds game session. Mm -hmm. And I think that one game session was so good um, from a comfort standpoint with the system. Regardless of what plot happened, and I think I think the plot that happened worked very wonderfully with the with the system itself, uh, but that's just patting myself on my back because it's my game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think everybody everybody fell so well into the game system, and it felt so good and so natural that, um, like you know, like Sean instantly is wanting to run you know his own Savage Worlds game. He's trying to run uh, Nova Praxis. He's uh, he's also looking into doing Savage Wheel of Time. Uh, you're talking about taking your most beloved system. I am. I am seventh C and converting that over to Savage Worlds, like, yeah. and I I think it's great. It's not that I don't love seventh uh, C. I I really do love it, but I I want to tell a different story. Yeah, in that universe, you. Uh, but I think you love it. You love it more as the universe, and you want to tell stories in that universe than you than you are married to the game system behind it. Yes. Yes. And I I think that's great. I think it's great, and. Uh, I mean, I, I I want to take a moment, just you know, once again, give a big shout out to my my entire gaming group, yeah, for being courageous enough to take this leap with me out of our comfort zone of D anD D and into yeah. a relative unknown of Savage Worlds. Yeah, and and I I would say as a DM, you've handled that move really well. Well, thank you. Thank yeah, you. it's it was very comfortable, like way way more comfortable than most systems, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's an applaud to you. For investing in the system and reviewing it and feeling comfortable with it and getting into the grid, nitty gritty that the players don't have to immediately to try and get that the to sell it, but I think also just to understand it better than anyone else so mm-hmm, that you mm-hmm. could be comfortable without playing it really. Yeah, yeah. Um. But I think it's also a testament to the system that we've come this far in game systems and that people have done development and redevelopment and discovery and understanding that. There's a lot out there to play that some people just ha- don't even know anything about, and so when they when they go, they pick up you know D and D because it's known, yeah, or they yeah. pick up you know uh, you know Warhammer because it's known, um, or it's or or, or or they pick up uh, like we now have a Dark Souls RPG coming out very soon that I'm interested in seeing how they're going to do that. Very interesting. And I know in the, yeah. the, the the I know the company who's putting it out has already put out previous products that had pretty good success. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not very familiar with them. So Steamforge Games? I think so. I think it's Steamforge, um, yeah. And they're very good at producing it and, and putting it on a format that's successful and that players tend, you know, players have been eating it up, but I don't know as far as role-playing how successful it's been. I right. don't have right. a very valid... So I'm interested now that there are a few in that they've gone through this development circle, basically, and they're taking a very, very, very well-known product. Mm-hmm. Dark Souls is exceptionally well known in multiple areas and has a massive amount of lore wrapped around it. How they're going to bring that to the RPG table and make it accessible and give it enough agency. That's the big thing for me. Yeah. Because it works very well as a linear story. Solo story. Solo story. Yeah, even the multiplayer is not necessarily multiplayer it's Mm-mm. just kind of you just kind of dip into another person's world and help them on their solo story correct. by giving them a buddy correct and that's my concern is this that how how are they going to translate a very independent viewed story mm-hmm. um that has a huge lore about it that is literally exceptionally linearly heroic Right. I mean, you die, you come back, you die, you come back. Death is not the mechanic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we already know the I... hardest parts of the game are the camera. <laughs> the camera is the real boss. Gravity is the real, real boss. boss. And and learning learning from failure. Yeah. Yeah. Like those d- those two things do not translate well into RPGs they, they or don't. tabletop RPGs. They don't. You roguelike games do exist, but they're not to be played over and over. Mm-hmm. So I, I I worry that it's going to be small adventure, like this is actually a board game with some RPG elements. Yeah, I, I wonder if it's going to be like that, but uh, I guess we're just got to wait and see. Yeah. Um, and and see what they do with it. So. Yeah, and that's that's the other thing I was I was thinking about as a 
a possible future topic is when does a when does a board game become a role playing game? Yeah. Like what's what's the actual transition point when you can say this is now a role playing game or that's just a board game? That'd be a good discussion to have, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, there's already a Dark Souls board game. There is. And it's I've I've seen it played actually before. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah. Is is Hero Quest a role playing game or a board game? Yeah. Yeah. There's some that arguments one, there. That's gonna break your noodle, huh? Yeah, there's there's some there's some arguments there. Uh real quick the the, the Mad Elf is asking in the uh in the live chat, it says, is there a Savage Worlds version of Legend of the Five Rings? I don't think there is. There is. There was I did see one. There is, okay. It is it was not the depth that I because I when I was doing my um Savage Seas, I came across it because someone was talking about it. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, and it's it's not well known. I think it's somebody's transition that they did. Somebody's um, somebody's fan. It's, it's an informal. Yeah, okay. Um, but there's a lot of that out there. Um, even the uh, yeah, the, yeah. the Palladium one was informal before it became Rifts became uh, Savage Rifts. Yeah, Elder Scrolls had a yeah. an informal translation out there um, as well. But uh, so there is one out there. But the one thing that I noted about it was uh, it was more Savage Worlds. It was not. It was it was less faithful to the to a a system change, which mm-hmm. is kind of what I'm going to be doing with Seventh C, anyways. Yeah. Um. So in that, it it felt like it was a a real game changer, as a, for lack of a better term. Um. And I think they could have done it different. There was a lot of people who said there you know, in that comment thread that there was that they were saying like, ah, this doesn't feel like Legend of the Five Rings. You know, we we I know we just we discussed this a little bit in the system spotlight too. And I, um, uh, Sean is bringing this up in the uh, or Heatsink is bringing this up in the uh, in the live chat too. There was a D and D 3.0 version of Legend of the Five Rings as well. Yes. Um, and it had the exact same criticism from L5R fans at the time. Where like. Mm-hmm. Okay, you translated it over, and here are some D and D rules for it. But in translation now, it does not feel like Legend of the Five mm-hmm. Rings, and that would be my big my big complaint with it. Like, I almost wouldn't want to play it in Savage Worlds because, like I mentioned earlier, like the rings, where they're these kind of esoteric concepts rather than tangible things like strength and dexterity. You know, mm-hmm. your air ring is more about solving things through cunning. Uh, whereas your fire ring services solving things through passion and direct force, you know, yeah, it's like, or you know, a void ring is like about solving things with logic. Yeah, you lose that feel. Yeah, when you translate it back into something like Savage Worlds, it does have tangible strength, vitality, agility. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. One of the things that uh, Matt Elf was bringing up was uh, Warhammer Fantasy and 40k have made the transition to TB- TTRPG. They they have. They have. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that uh, had came up in uh, pr- that we talked about earlier was that anchor mechanic. Mm-hmm. And I saw someone take and do Warhammer Fantasy in uh, Savage World, but they added an anchor mechanic, and the anchor mechanic uh, because they were using the uh, effectively the humans Terran style uh, story, and they used faith as the faith in chaos as the scale ah. and you slide up or down and as you slide up you and gain more faith you you become more of your character as you slip into chaos you gain more power aha uh-huh. so in one case you're doing better for others and in one case you're doing better for yourself right right so right so once you slip too far you lose your character I either think, way i think it's great yeah, great. so I think the, those kinds of games definitely, the theme gives you that anchor, and I think yeah. that's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything else you want to discuss? Uh, I don't think so. Do we know what our next show is? Or do we hit the end of the list? I think we hit the end of the list, so... Uh, I th- we've got a note jotted down here that says current inspirations for games that we're planning uh, and such like that, but uh, I guess we'll uh, we'll figure that out. Uh, you can find us online at st on Twitter as st underscore conclave uh, on Instagram at st underscore conclave. Uh, you can listen to us live every Wednesday night at Wednesday uh, on uh, seven p.m. Eastern time on mixlr.com the, uh, slash storyteller dash conclave and join up on our Discord. Uh, links up on our Twitter as well as our website storytellerconclave.com. We'd like to thank our Patreon members and our listeners uh, who come, but I will definitely list off our named members. Thank you so 
so much, everybody, for joining yeah, us. Please, thank you. Uh, our Knox in the Box, Sam, the Arcane Asylum, Sparkle Motion, Bedron, and Hulavu, we really appreciate you helping us every month. Uh, we'd love to have more patrons, but really, we'd love to have all of you on our Discord as well who listen. Our pre-show music is by Arcane Anthems. You can find that at patreon.com slash arcane anthems. I highly recommend you go there. He has lots of music. Uh, our intro music is Beyond the Warriors by Geefrog. You can find that at geefrog.bandcamp.com or on Google Music. And our outro music, Only Our Footprints in the Sand, is by Meteor Machine. You can find that at freemusicarchive.org. And a big shout-out, as always, to our families, Vicky yes. and Sean. Thank you so thank much you. for loving thank and supporting us. Every single one of our listeners, especially all of you who came to our live chat to make this a special, <laughs> appreciate uh, a special lot. show for us tonight, uh, and all of our friends who've sat with us at our tables over the years, thank you so much. We love you all. Yeah, Happy New Year. Happy and, New Year. And have a safe and, and happy transition, and we will see you on the other side. Good night. Good night.